This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is not an invitation to make an investment and should not be construed as advice. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of Investec Asset Management. The value of investments can fall as well as rise and losses may be made. It's the big picture sponsored by Investec Asset Management and on the line now from Investec Asset Management in London is portfolio manager Russell Silverstone. Russell, central banks, we can't overestimate the importance of central banks and we know what their stance has been for years now, accommodating virtually zero interest rates in the developed world and quantitative easing in various forms, whether it be the ECB, whether it be Japan, whether it be the United States of America, they've all done it in some form or another. Suddenly, the winds of change are blowing through the austere corridors of central banks. Hello, Lindsay. Yeah, that's absolutely the case. And interestingly, the BIS, which is the Bank for International Assessments, which is the central bank's central bank, hold an annual meeting. It's when the governors of all our central banks get together and they literally sit around the table, listen to lectures, discuss the world. And ever since that meeting, there's been a, a really noticeable change in, in assessment. And I think our interpretation is that the central banks are becoming far more concerned with the long-term impacts of low interest rates and equally just how global inflation is. So, you know, typically a central bank tries to target domestic inflation. But, you know, as we know through using websites like Amazon and what have you, prices tend to be set globally now. Yes. So there's definitely a, a real shift in emphasis. And I think bottom line is I think the, the assessment now is the risks of low rates are beginning to outweigh the benefits. And I think a lot of central banks now see a window of opportunity for them to begin to tighten policy. So they're not saying that we got it wrong. We were right to keep interest rates at these historically low levels, the lowest levels since the Napoleonic times, in some cases, negative rates in Germany and countries like that, Switzerland, etc. But what they're saying now, enough is enough. What are those concerns? Because talking about concerns, if you look at the Wall Street Journal from a day ago, they're saying, well, they're raising rates or reigning in quantitative easing, but at the same time, inflation is on a downward trend still. And that's a fairly toxic combination, I would have thought. Absolutely right. And the first thing I think to say is you're never going to get a central bank to admit they're wrong. But I just think it's risk versus benefits. Now, the risk, particularly in financial markets, the search for yield has been in full swing, as we know. There are clear signs of a global synchronized pickup in economic growth. And yet financial markets are pretty sanguine about it. So I think all they're saying is, look, you know, we've had policy on the emergency setting. We're now in a situation where, you know, the world economic outlook is materially better than it's been for some time. A lot of the political worries and policy uncertainty have have sort of disappeared. We're not so much worried about deflation as we were early last year. And therefore, you know, there is this window of opportunity that we need to to raise rates actually before the next slowdown, of course. And I think the other thing is, you know, we have to look at it in context. You're you're quite right. Rates are at historically a level. So, you know, a quarter percent here, a half percent there actually you know, in the grand scheme of things, there shouldn't be that much. But you're right, if inflation begins to slow because of this, then we're in trouble. The Bank of International Settlements is a sort of a scaremongering organisation as well. I look at the headlines, which is often plastered across publications like The Telegraph from Ambrose Evans Pritchard. He likes their, their headlines, but they do tend to put one on edge a little bit. But uh, the Sintra Portugal meeting of uh, two, three weeks ago now, does that suggest that perhaps there is some kind of synchronicity worldwide? or certainly in Europe. 
Absolutely. And it's no coincidence that meeting was literally like the day or so after the BIS meeting. So they all went from sort of Basel and Switzerland down to Portugal. Absolutely. And, and I think it's this idea that you know here in the UK, we're targeting inflation, the ECB are targeting inflation. But what central banks have realised is they all have this sort of same model that says, you know, labour markets have performed well, inflation should be going up, wages should be going up, but they're not. And I think what central banks are realising actually, this is a, you know, because inflation set globally, they have far less power over domestic economies than they suddenly, perhaps they realise at the same time, debt, global debt is increasing substantially. And the BIS, yes, they are scaremongering, but actually, if we'd heeded their warnings before the crisis, I think the world would be in a much better place. And it's in their interest to champion higher interest rates because monetary policy is under strain. But you know, we have to listen to them. And so I think, yes, central bankers have all sat down and they've come along and said, you know, actually, we think there's this window. And literally, the BIS report said, you know, enhanced central bank cooperation during normalization should actually be considered. And they actually went on to say, in some cases, such self-interest could also extend to joint action as during the global financial crisis. So that raises the fascinating prospect of coordinated rate hikes. I personally think it's highly unlikely, but it's clearly been what they're thinking about. So it's a major sea change in attitude. I spoke to one of your colleagues a while ago, and when I say a while, it was maybe three, four years ago, I was emceeing a conference hosted by Investec Asset Management. And he said to me, Lindsay, I don't think inflation will ever rear its head again in my investment lifetime. And this was a relatively young chap. And I suddenly look at the inflation having a little bit of a flurry earlier on in the year and now pulling back again. And you mentioning Amazon and efficiencies and the price of electric cars coming down, which is a headline I read a couple of days ago because of battery technology, all that sort of thing. Maybe a world with a developed world with relatively low inflation forever isn't that stupid. No, actually, I totally agree with that view. So I would make a very clear differentiation between normalising monetary policy from emergency settings and going tight. So I think that's a clear differentiation. So small rate hikes, but absolutely, you know, where where's inflation? And for me, it's it's actually all about wage hikes. So all that happened, and we've seen this very clearly in the UK, inflation spiked because sterling's come down after the Brexit vote, but wages have lagged. In fact, wage rises are very, very subdued. That's all that happens is people have less disposable income because prices have gone up. So unless we actually see sort of second round effects, you know, from inflation creeping up as it did do earlier this year, then all that happens is that disposable income gets hit and it resets. And, and you're right, you know, people like Amazon have a massive impact. The labour market's changed. I read a fascinating speech by one of the Bank of England policymakers, and he said that 43% of the UK labour force is made up of part-time, sort of zero-hours contracts, sort of flexible working. So nearly half of the sort of labour market is on this sort of flexible type, sort of you know, so-called gig economy, yes. and isn't subject particularly to wage rises. So I'm not surprised. I totally agree with that view. Yeah, it is very interesting indeed. And you know, with the oil price, also with electric cars, this has been a theme of mine over the last few days, so I'm at risk of repeating myself. But there is a chance that the oil price, of course, could come to the party as well and further entrench very, very low inflation or even deflation. Now, is there a chance that they could get it wrong, though? And is there a chance that raising interest rates is the wrong thing to do while inflation is falling? Could there be disruption in the markets because of that? I'm not clever enough to understand, but you must look at the markets and the way that interest rate curves in various countries are currently structured and say to yourself, well, no, it's actually quite normal and thank goodness they're doing what they're doing. 
Absolutely. So I think that's, that's a really interesting point and an important one. So, you know, everyone looks at spot interest rates as actually, you know, my goodness, you know, bond yields are rising, so yields up, prices down, we're going to lose a lot of money. But what's really important is what's actually priced into future years. And at the moment, um, I don't think there's much danger of this getting disorderly. And so if you looked at medium-term interest rates in the medium term, so you know, uh, five-year interest rates in five years' time, they're priced at 3% in the US, 2% in the UK, and about one5 in the Eurozone. So there is a lot of normalization priced into that yield curve already. And I think only if that sort of pace is much higher than what's already priced, then it gets dysfunctional. The other area where, of course, it could impact is in, in borrowing, of course. And we have seen, you know, the, the, the stock of outstanding debt has absolutely soared post-crisis. And so sort of refinancing is, is clearly, uh, clearly an issue. And I actually think that's also part of the reason central banks are becoming cautious. But in terms of what's priced in, I would be surprised if, you know, we manage to raise rates further than the sort of medium-term rate in the medium-term is currently priced. So I'm pretty sad. Good. The conclusion from Mark Carney at the Central meeting is as follows. After an expansion that has relied overly on consumption, the rotation to other components of demand, particularly investment, will be important to sustain momentum. Stronger investment will support productivity growth, stronger wages and higher welfare for all. We saw 222,000 new jobs created in the largest economy in the world, the United States, last month. And yet the wage inflation was benign. Again, maybe that's the new normal. Lots and lots of jobs, but don't expect, um, you know, 10 percent increases every year. No, absolutely. And, and, you know, and back to that sort of Haldane speech, so the Bank of England policymaker, um, you know, he pointed out certainly in, in, in the Western world the decline of unionisation and we, we surely has a, you know, collective bargain has a massive impact on wages. So no, I think unless that changes, you know, all we're really going to see is a few rate rises. There is a danger that has an impact on debt. You know, it, it is a definite change in messaging. And I think the other aspect of this, you know, the, the, the reason for the rush is they are clearly concerned about, about sort of financial market behaviour. You know, the, the idea that volatility is really suppressed, the idea that people are searching for yield, and of course that obviously ultimately um, can, can, can cause problems, so you've got that added dimension as well. But uh, ultimately, no, I, I don't think interest rates rise that, that far because of that idea that inflation um, is, is actually pretty well anchored, um, and, and only if we see second round effects through, through big wage rises, I think, that do, do we begin to worry, and I, I see no signs of that whatsoever at the moment. Governor of the Bank of England also in Centra said the following, some removal of monetary stimulus is likely to become unnecessary. We know that now. ECB a little bit behind the curve compared to Janet Yellen and her team at the US Federal Reserve. Most important question now is how do you position yourself given what we've just spoken about? Yeah, and I think, I think that's where it's really interesting. So in sort of government bond markets, again, I think you have to look at what's priced in already. So it might well be that you know, the spot, so I yield yields now out 10 years look quite low, but this idea that medium-term rates in the medium term are already priced. Um, so actually, you know, you've had, you've had four, oh, you would have had four rate rises out of the US, but you've still made money holding bonds. So I, I think, you know, look at what's priced in for the medium term and make an assessment relative to that. So I I think that's interesting. In currencies, of course, which are also driven massively by, by changing interest rate differentials, one of the reasons I think the dollar's performed so poorly this year is actually now that other banks, central
central banks are talking about raising rates, um, the dollar's not the only game in town. And so we're seeing this big sort of rotation. For equity markets, as we said before, I'm not an equity specialist, but you can see again in sort of sectors, you can see the financial sectors performing well because yields are therefore higher. It's less of a sort of a penalty for banks on the yield curve. But the consumer side, it's going to be extremely interesting to see what impact this has, as we know, with so many loans having been taken out. Quite right. Russell, thank you very much for your excellent analysis. That's Russell Silverstone from Investec Asset Management in London. In South Africa, Investec Asset Management is an authorised financial services provider.